Dermot and Dave. Conversation, crack, and the music you love. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. We want you to look up. It's Aer Lingus. Does anyone remember that ad? Look up, it's Aer Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Look up, it's Aer Lingus. Yeah. Uh, not to be confused with the ad for the for the Angelus, which is also people looking up. But they were looking. They didn't say. They were looking look for up. God. You couldn't hear the director saying, "Now look up." <laughs> Unfortunately. Anyway, instead of looking to the skies, all eyes will be on Dublin's iconic Smithfield chimney, as twelve brave staff abseil 190 feet down. There's a good reason for this. Neve Forrester is one of the twelve flying shamrocks, and she joins us now on the line. Hello, Neve. Hi, how are you? Good, it's Dermot here. Dave is here as well. Hi, Neil, how are you? It's good to talk to you. Um, are you we- nervous to be on the radio? Or are you nervous <laughs> about Absalom? Uh, I'm more, well, I'm more ner- nervous about this now. This, <laughs> this, this will be far easier than Absailing 190 feet down a chimney. I guarantee you I that. I feel like my heart is about to come out through my chest. <laughs> I'm used to waffling um, at the front of an aircraft, so I kind of yeah, figured... Well, imagine I that you, yeah, you're just talking to everyone on the flight. It's just that, you know, the, instead yeah. of the... Ladies and gentlemen, would you please sit down in your seats over the seatbelt light is on, for God's sake. What are you doing going to the toilet now? Sit down. I was putting it a bit nicer than that now. <laughs> yeah, but we know that's what you really mean, though. Uh, we always like, uh, when if you're doing the uh, the instructions of when you put on the life vest and then you toggle the thing or else you can inflate it and you always put it near your mouth but you never actually touch <laughs> it off your lips because 700 other people have done that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, well, look, tell us, first of all, about the flying shamrocks, what is it you guys do? Because it isn't just abseiling down a chimney one time. You guys no, do a lot of amazing work all the time. Yeah, so um, my son was sick back in uh, 2019. Um, he, I came home from work and the following morning he woke up with a huge bump in his neck. So right. um thought it was an allergy, thought it was the GP even thought it was swollen glands. I mean, I was on the way to a family wedding. I was collecting my cousin from the airport. who's was coming in from Australia, not thinking this was where we were going at all. Next thing, I'm plunged into the world of childhood cancer. Um, next thing, it's rare. It's in his neck. It's normally in the kidney or liver. Then you're being told 20% of survival and your world is literally upside down. So I support from family, friends, neighbours. Um, but what my colleagues did in work was they all, we kind of have a unique thing that we do where in times of crisis, we don't eat, donate leave to each other. All oh, right. So um, like, so each person would have given a day or even, I know that's been up to five days. So it was just overwhelming, but a huge weight lifted off my, off our shoulders. So it basically like, increased like the amount after of, him. of holidays you had so that you could look after yeah, your son. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what exactly. an incredible um, uh, gesture between work colleagues. Yeah. I have never heard of that before. No. That people would literally yeah. give, well, one of the most precious commodities, which is time to each other. Yeah. Um, and what, you know, I guess in times of crisis, we tend to say things like, look, if there's anything I can do, yeah, uh, but actually, but this, th- this is one of those things that is an incredible gesture. Yeah, and the type of people I work with, the girls actually had to close the book because people were trying to give more. But I, I was like, I actually do want to come back eventually. <laughs> right. Um, and how's your son now? How's Josh now? Well, he bounced off to school this morning in a Super Mario costume. So <laughs> ah, that's so cool. I, what age is he we, now? He's seven, so he was three at the time, oh and. Um, like he he didn't even appear sick so it was just a it was just out of the blue yeah um, and I mean then we were 
told chemo mightn't work because of the tumour type. Then we were told surgery mightn't work because or it was dangerous because it was so close to vital organs. Um, it did work. And next thing we were faced with having to travel to Germany and it was proton beam radiation to, uh, to keep it away. So you're basically just handed over to a charity, um, which is the Gavin Glynn Foundation. Mm. And it was John I spoke to. And literally they their support is unreal. Like they arrange your flights, your accommodation, your transport. And like my husband and my other son travelled over and back to me and he arranged even all the transfers. Mm. Um, what like was it like? For, sorry to cut across you, but yeah, what, no, what, okay. what, it was, what was it like, you know, being so accustomed to working within you know, Aer Lingus and being part of that yeah. whole network and it being your day-to-day job and then suddenly being a passenger with a very different story. Yeah. Well, that's exactly where it... I just found myself on the late Dusseldorf, um, which was one of my flights. I used to do that all the time. And next thing I'm standing at the airport and I just felt a wave of emotion as I walked in. Maybe because I was away from my job, but I've also... My mom flew as well, so I've kind of been rared going in and out there. And suddenly this was like uh, just the hardest thing going up the escalator. Um, Somebody asked Josh and he'd no hair. He used to kind of wear a hat, but he loved the shock factor of whipping off the hat to see (laughs) people's reaction. Like he got me into so many situations in Germany. Even he wanted me to buy bananas so he could put the bananas underneath the doctors so they'd slip and fall. But I was glad nobody knew me then, but you know, he, anyway, somebody asked him, was he going to his holidays? And I thought my knees were going to go from under me. Right. Um, and I suppose then we headed off to Germany. We had, that was hard. We were there for six weeks. He was very, very sick. He ended up like in hospital, morphine drip, the whole lot. Really, it was kind of like, even when we came back, it seemed like it was touch and go. I suppose mm. the whole experience in the hospital it changes you and your outlook on things and you see you meet so many other other families and everything that it's it, it's just a kind of change of life but Rola like basically he finished treatment then in February 20 and it was only weeks before the lockdown and um, you know I think it was the 13th of March I remember it was the last day I was down at the school and we'd special permission to drive in because Josh was sick. I had to keep him away from vulnerable people. And then we didn't see anybody. Yeah. So the lockdown kind of did us a favor because he got stronger. We got our, we were all in the one house again where mm. we hadn't been for a while. Um, and then I found myself like everyone else walking the streets round and round and round <laughs> and solving with friends and solving the problems of the world. But um, I suppose here I was off work the airline industry was kind of at a standstill am I going back to work wondering how we got through it how was I mean he he slowly recovered and he was bouncing around the place and I was like how did we get through this and others like lovely people that and lovely kids that didn't so I kind of was like am I going back to work then slowly things started to improve um He's now in school, so even bringing him into junior infants, I was like, it was like winning the lotto, Mm. I suppose. It was just like, I'm back with normal people now, think it's time to go back to work. And I suppose I had that idea all the time that I would, um, I would like to help or like, you know, do something. And this is where the flying Uh, shamrocks came from. Tell us about those. yeah, Yeah, so basically I knew my audience and I suppose the, 
the crowd that I work with, I knew that this idea might work with them. But I was only back in the door. You kind of have to do all your training and everything. It's all very nerve wracking. I gave myself about three months, but I did not go away where I want to see if I could help the Gavin Glynn Foundation. So I contacted management and within a few hours, I received a call from uh, Mary Montgomery. She's the director of in-flight services. She asked me what I needed to set it up. And, um, and so what do she the, basically what? went around to all the different. What yeah. do the sorry, sorry. Niamh, What do the yeah. flying shamrocks do? Do you basically guide families in a similar situation through the whole flying yeah. experience, yeah. so yeah. that they get less of those wobbly knees moments uh, yeah. in, in the airport? We basically meet them about two hours. John sends me an email. I send it out to the gang. We actually have eighty of us. Um, I started off thinking I'd get a, you know, maybe. Uh, five or ten. Now I have 80 people part of a group. So I send off a WhatsApp who's around and sometimes we're actually fighting over doing it because <laughs> people want to be involved. And we have regular passengers that travel over and back for frequent tre- treatment that we all like try and meet up with them. Mm. So we basically bring them through, uh, bring them to check in if they haven't checked in. We bring them uh, through security and then I've arranged for the crew on board then to meet them. And we hope Really kind of distract them from what they're going through and reassure like them even, and care for them as they're going through tell, and you talked yeah, about that if I tell people, yourself yeah uh, if I tell them about Josh and how he's doing it kind of seems to help a little bit of know? course yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. then the Flying Shamrocks decided that this wasn't enough so you now want to abseil down well, the tower <laughs> in Smithfield <laughs> No, well, so another mom that I met in Germany, she was with her son, Jimmy. Her name is Louise, um, and she works for Ronald McDonald House. She bumped into a good friend of mine who was doing volunteer work there, and he said, oh, Louise knows you. She wants to ask you a question. So I thought, like, I don't know, thought she was going to ask me about a flight or yeah. something. Next thing, this bombshell was dropped about, would you like to do an abseil? <laughs> and I was like, eh, don't know. Um, and then I thought people would be already... Like would be dodging me because I'm now asking them to volunteer to help me because I'm saying, "Would you like to abseil?" So, have you ever tried it before? No, having a clue. None of us have a clue. There's one, <laughs> there's one girl um, that's from Cork base, and she was actually in St John's Ward as well. She met, said that she's done it before, but the eleven of us from Dublin. Well, I, I'm assuming there's someone there who has experience, and you won't just kind of go, "Right, lady from Cork, no, did it once. Tell us what to do." So you'll have someone looking after you, but you're trying to raise as much money as you can for the Gavin Glynn yeah, Foundation and yeah. for another charity, 22 Q11 Yeah, there's another well. charity, and I just want to mention about them because I suppose you know about the cancer charity, but Grace is Louise's sister, so her son was born with this 22 Q11. So it's my understanding of it is it's where children, you know, with Down syndrome have an additional chromosome. This is where they're missing a chromosome. Mm. So there's... 180 different symptoms that they can suffer from. So this charity kind of helps support um, and do research and to mm. improve things for those children. So 22 Q11. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. so where do people go if they want to donate? Um, so, uh, well, if you go into idonate.ie and you put in the Flying Shamrocks, ours, ours will come up or else okay. it's the Smithfield um, ch- Charity Abseil Challenge. Okay, so I donate. Um, I search look, flying yeah. shamrocks, and you'll find you. You can't stop me talking now. If you, <laughs> if, if you want to follow my page, it's um, at team.gavinglynn.support, and obviously the Gavin Glynn Foundation is the other um, 
is the main charity on yeah. it as well. Look, best of luck to you and all your fellow warriors. It's going to be amazing. You'll be buzzing after it, as they say. And uh, send yeah. all our love to young Josh, the warrior, who's uh, headed off to school. And uh, we just, yeah. I'm so happy. We're all so happy that he um, he fought through it all and that uh, everybody's smiling. And Sunday's going to be a big day for everybody. Yeah. And can I just say happy birthday to Jean? She was the girl that got, got me into this interview. She looked after mm. Dave. It's her birthday oh, today. Oh, Jean's birthday. So when I was flying back from yeah. Orlando, I met Jean. Yeah. And this is how this whole interview came about because Jean was telling me all about this. I didn't realize it was her birthday today. So happy birthday to Jean. Yeah. Happy birthday, Jean. And to everyone else and doing ho- it, all the flying shamrocks for a place. Exactly, yeah. Thanks All right. A Thanks a million, Neve. Right. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Dermot and Dave. Weekdays from 9am. Today FM.